Book Seven, Chapter Two B of A Family of Noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book Seven, The Settlement, Chapter Two B. It was already dawn when Kukishev, leaving the charming hostess, helped Aninka into her carriage. Pious townspeople were coming from Matins. At the sight of Aninka, elaborately attired and somewhat unsteady on her feet, they muttered darkly, People are coming out of church, and they are gulping wine. A curse on them. On leaving her sisters, Aninka went not to the hotel, but to her own quarters, small but snug and nicely furnished she was followed by kukishev the whole winter passed in an indescribable hurly-burly aninka was completely in the swing and if she ever reminded herself of her treasure it was only in order to laugh it off with how foolish i was kukishev very proud of the fact that his idea of securing a mistress like lubinka had materialized made ducks and drakes of his money instigated by emulation he ordered two gowns to lyulkin's one and two dozen bottles of champagne to his one dozen lubinka herself began to envy her sister because she succeeded in laying by forty lottery bonds during the winter in addition to a considerable amount of jewellery however they became friendly again and decided to pool their hoardings aninka always hoped for something and during an intimate talk with her sister said when all this will be over we will go back to pogorelka we will have money and establish a home for ourselves and you think this will ever end fool lubinka retorted cynically to aninka's misfortune kukishev soon came upon a new idea which he began to pursue with his usual obstinacy a vulgar and eminently shallow pated man he imagined he would reach the pinnacle of bliss if his queen would accompany him that is if she would drink vodka with him aninka for some time declined referring to the fact that lyulkin never compelled lubinka to drink vodka and yet she drinks out of love for lyulkin kukishev retorted and may i ask you darling do you take the lyulkins as an example they are lyulkins why you and i we are kukishevs therefore we will drink in our own kukishev way kukishev had his way once aninka took a small glass of green liquid from the hands of her beloved and gulped it down of course she saw stars choked coughed became dizzy thereby putting kukishev in transports of delight permit me to remark darling that you do not drink well you did it too fast he instructed her as she quieted down somewhat the wine-glass should be held in the tiny hands so then you bring it over to the lips slowly one two three the lord bless us and he calmly and gravely gulped down the contents of the glass as if he were pouring vodka into a barrel he did not even frown but only took a bit of black bread dipped it in the salt cellar and chewed it and so kukishev succeeded in realizing his second idea and even began to plan another one which would beat the lyulkins hollow of course he succeeded in inventing one you know he suddenly announced as soon as summer comes we'll go to my mill with the lyulkins take along some provisions and bathe in the river never aninka objected indignantly why not we will bathe then have a cocktail rest a little and bathe again that would be delightful it is not known whether kukachev's third idea materialized or not 
but it is certain that this drunken debauchery lasted a whole year during which time neither the zemstvo nor the city administration exhibited the slightest anxiety concerning messrs kukishov and lyulkin for appearance's sake lyulkin visited moscow twice and on his return declared he had sold one of his forests on being reminded that he had sold the same forest four years before when living with domashka the gypsy he answered that it was another forest that he had sold that time and to give his tale the appearance of veracity he added detailed information concerning the name of his newly sold forest estate as for kukishov he gave currency to the story that he had smuggled in a large stock of embroidery from abroad thereby earning a great deal of money in september of the next year the chief of police asked kukishov for a loan of a thousand roubles and kukishov was foolish enough to refuse then the police superintendent began to confer secretly with the assistant attorney both of them guzzled champagne in my house every evening kukishov testified later at the trial on september seventeenth at the anniversary of kukishov's liaison when he and the others celebrated lubinka's birthday again a member of the city council came running in and announced to kukishov that a warrant was being made out at the city board for his arrest they must have found out something kukishov exclaimed rather pluckily and without further comment followed the messenger to the council hall and from there to prison the next day the zemstvo council also took fright the members assembled and ordered the money in the treasury counted and recounted and at last came to the conclusion that their treasury too had been drained by somebody lyulkin was present at the examination pale gloomy but noble when the loss had been discovered and when it became apparent to lyulkin that he had no hope of escaping he walked to the window drew a revolver from his pocket and fired a bullet into his temple the event created quite a turmoil in the town the people pitied lyulkin saying at least he ended nobly but the general opinion about kukishov was he was born a shopkeeper and a shopkeeper he will die concerning anenka and lubinka they simply said that they were the cause of it all and that it would not do any harm to put them behind the bars too so that in future matters might not be very inviting for such wretches the prosecutors however did not arrest them but terrorized them so mercilessly that they were completely dismayed of course there were some kind of people who advised them to conceal all their valuables but they listened and understood nothing owing to this the attorney for the plaintiffs both counsels hired the same attorney a daring fellow wishing to satisfy his clients came to the sisters one day accompanied by the process server to take an inventory he seized and sealed everything except their dresses and such gold and silver things as bore inscriptions showing that they had been the gifts of the appreciative public lubinka however succeeded in hiding a roll of banknotes presented to her the previous evening in her corset it was a thousand roubles on which the sisters would have to exist for an indefinite time in expectation of kukishov's trial they were kept in the town about four months then the trial began and the sisters aninka particularly had to undergo a ruthless ordeal kukishov was cynical in the extreme he revelled in the disclosure of details for which there was really no need but apparently he was desirous of striking a pose before the ladies of samovarnov and exposed everything indiscreetly 
the attorney and the private prosecutor young and anxious to afford pleasure to the ladies took advantage of this and endeavored to lend the proceeding a frivolous character in which they succeeded of course anninka fainted a number of times but the private prosecutor paid no attention to this and bombarded her with questions at last the investigation ended and both sides had their say late at night the jurors announced that kukishev was guilty but that there were alleviating circumstances in view of this he was sentenced to be deported to western siberia when the trial was over the sisters obtained permission to leave samovarnov and it was high time for the thousand roubles were nearly exhausted besides the manager of the kretchetov theatre with whom they had made arrangements demanded that they appear in kretchetov at once threatening to discontinue negotiations if they delayed nothing was seen or heard of the valuables and documents sealed at the demand of the private prosecutor such were the consequences of their disregard for their treasure tormented crushed despised by everybody the sisters lost all faith in their own strength and all hope for a brighter future they became emaciated slovenly cowardly and aninka to boot having been in kukishev's school had learned to drink matters grew worse no sooner did they alight from the train at kretchetov than they at once found protectors lubinka was taken by captain popkov aninka by the merchant zabveni but the jolly times were no more both popkov and zabveni were coarse quarrelsome and rather close-fisted after three or four months they became considerably colder the sisters were even less successful on the stage than in love affairs the manager who had accepted the sisters on the strength of the scandal they had caused at zamovarnov quite unexpectedly found himself out of his reckoning at the very first performance somebody in the gallery shouted when the two girls made their appearance on the stage you convicts and the name stuck it decided aninka's and lubinka's theatrical fate they now lived a dull drowsy life devoid of all intellectual interest the public was cold the managers scowled at them the protectors would not intercede Zabveni dreamed as once kukishev had of how he would compel his queen to have a cocktail with him as she would at first affect horror and gradually submit but he was very angry when he found out that she was already past mistress in the art of drinking the only satisfaction left him was to show his friends how aninka guzzled vodka popkov too was dissatisfied and declared lubinka had grown thin you once had flesh on your bones he would say tell me where did you lose it on account of this he was not only unceremonious with her but often even beat her when he was drunk toward the end of the winter the sisters had neither real admirers nor a permanent position they still stuck to the theatre but there could be no question now either of pericola or the old-time colonels lubinka was more cheerful but aninka being more high-strung broke down completely she seemed to have forgotten the past and was not aware of the present in addition she began to cough suspiciously apparently on her way toward an enigmatic malady next summer was terrible gradually the sisters were taken to hotels and were given to travelling gentlemen for a moderate fixed price scandals and beatings followed one another but the sisters clung to life desperately with the tenacity of cats 
they reminded one of those wretched dogs who in spite of being crippled by a beating crawl back to their favorite place whining as they go it was not proper to keep women like that on the stage in those dark days only once did a ray of light find its way into anninka's existence miloslavsky x the tragedian sent her a letter from semovarnov in which he persistently offered her his hand and heart anninka read the letter and cried the night long she tossed about in bed and in the morning she sent a curt reply why only that we may drink together then darkness closed down upon her intenser than ever and endless base debauchery began again lubinka was the first to wake up or if not to wake up at least to feel instinctively that she had lived long enough there was no work in sight her youth her beauty and her embryonic talent all had somehow vanished that they had a shelter in pogorelka she never remembered it was something distant vague long forgotten they never did have much of a liking for pogorelka and now their hatred toward the place was only intensified even when they were almost starving the place attracted her less than ever and what sort of a figure would she cut there a figure which all sorts of drunken lustful breaths had branded as a creature those accursed breaths saturated her entire body she felt them everywhere in every place and what is more horrible she grew so accustomed to those disgusting breaths that they became a part of her very being so with aninka too neither the stench of eating-houses nor the din of the inns nor the obscene language of the drunkards seemed abominable to them so that had they gone to pogorelka they would surely have missed the life besides even in pogorelka they must have something to live on all these many years that they had wandered about the world they had heard nothing of the revenue that pogorelka brought perhaps the estate was a myth perhaps the folks had all died all those witnesses of the distant and yet ever-present years when they had been brought up by their grandmother arina petrovna on sour milk and stale cured meat it was clear that it was best for lubinka to die once this thought dawns on one's consciousness it becomes an obsession the sisters not infrequently had moments of awakening but in the case of aninka they were accompanied by hysterics sobs tears and so passed away faster lubinka was colder by nature she did not cry or curse but the thought that she was a hussy constantly preyed on her mind and lubinka was more reasonable and saw quite clearly that there was not even any profit in their mode of living for the future she expected nothing but shame poverty and the street shame is a matter of habit it can be tolerated but poverty never it is better to end it all at once we must die she once said to aninka in that same cool and deliberate tone in which two years ago she had asked her for whom she was saving her treasure why aninka objected somewhat frightened i mean it seriously we must die lubinka repeated understand wake up think well let us die aninka assented hardly realizing the dismal meaning of her decision that same day lubinka cut off the tips of some matches and prepared two glasses of the mixture one of these she drank herself the other she offered her sister but aninka immediately lost courage and refused to drink drink you slut lubinka cried out sister dearest darling drink aninka almost insane with fear ran about the room 
instinctively clutching at her throat as if trying to choke herself drink drink you street-walker the artistic career of the two sisters was ended that same evening lubinka's corpse was taken into the field and buried aninka remained alive end of book seven chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine